What's up, everybody? Today is Friday, December 11th, 2020. This is A Talk in the Attic, episode number 82, in fact, of A Talk in the Attic. I'm your host, Kirk Ross, and my guest today is wonderful. His name is Edgar Grek Cumbo. He's a Maltese-American dual citizen, grew up in Clarkson, Detroit area, and in his early 30s, he got the itch to go full-on into the travel vibe. He's always enjoyed traveling. He had a lot of good experiences. People often told him, dude, why aren't you filming this? And so with that, he got himself armed with some cameras, some microphones, and he started collecting mass amounts of footage on a basically year-and-a-half-long trip around the world. Two trips around the world, technically. You'll hear more about that in the show. The outcome of these travels is a docu-series called Getting Worldly, which is available now on Amazon Prime. So if you're a Prime member, go to Prime Video. Check it out there for free. He's got three episodes up now, the first of which is when he went to Ukraine. The second is Georgia. He says in the episode, not Hotlanta, Georgia, but the country in the Middle East, Georgia. And finally, he went to Congo and Uganda in the third episode. So those are the three that are out now. He's got a lot more that he's working on. We talk a little bit about his production method. We talk a little bit about some of his travel experiences. Look, anything that I say now is going to be superfluous because there's enough energy, there's enough action, there's enough adventure in this episode without me blabbing on now. So let's get into this thing. Thanks to the Michigan Podcasting Network for your support. Thank you, Joe Gentleman. For the awesome theme song up top, Joe, I'm so excited for season two's theme song. Start throwing some ideas around. That'll be coming out here in February. Folks, you're going to pick up midstream with Edgar and I in the middle of a conversation. I think I'm probably heaping praise on him when we enter because Jessica and I watched all three of his episodes over the last couple days, and we enjoyed it. It's unlike something you've seen. It really feels like someone you know telling you about trips that they went on. And I mean that in the most respectful and positive way. It's not overproduced. It feels raw. It feels authentic. And therefore, it's relatable. And it's, it kind of makes you want to go to places that maybe you otherwise wouldn't want to. So if you're into getting tattooed by monks, getting rushed by a silverback gorilla in a forest that's literally called the Impenetrable Forest. Sounds like something out of a Tolkien novel, but it's actually something at the Uganda and Congolese border. What about getting jumped in Mexico City? It's all there. Tons of intrigue. What a fun time. Thank you so much, Edgar, for coming on. Folks at home, thank you for listening. Please, please, please subscribe and share. Send a link to this to a friend. If you could find some time to please write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that goes a long way. And with that, let's jump into this conversation with Edgar Grek Cumbo, travel documentarian responsible for getting worldly it's on the film festival run right now and it's available to you to watch so go to the show notes click the link check it out tonight enjoy the show but before you can enjoy the show you know what we have to do we have to start the show so with that let's start the show well i'm changing all my strings i'm gonna write another traveling song About all the billion highways and the cities at the break of dawn 
It's, it's got a very authentic feel to it. Like it, do, it doesn't feel overproduced. It, it has a feeling of what someone. Would <laughs> and I don't mean not, that in a negative way whatsoever. It's raw. I, yeah. I mean that in like a you know you see like a, a lot of these shows a celebrity goes and talks to other celebrities in some fancy place. It's very much like what a real person is going to do on a on a trip, which is just such a great. You've captured it, man. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. And that's kind of what I was going for, you know, because while I was working, I'd take uh, I take trips for. You know, I'd go to Rio de Janeiro for the weekend and run around the favelas. And people would always be like, what the hell is that like? Or, you know, there was one weekend I, I saw on Center that they were letting Americans into Russia uh, visa-free. It's usually very difficult to get a visa there. Yeah. So I went to, like, Russia the next day. And people were like, what do you do? You know, like, what's it like? And so I was like, I should start filming this shit. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, What did you film it with? Yeah. On your iPhone primarily? Um, no, I have like eight different cameras. You know, I've kept uh, getting more and more and more. Now I have way more. I think the episodes you saw, yes, there was, uh, you know, quite a few, some of it on my iPhone. And then I also have uh, a few more cameras. Now I have a lot more uh, professional uh, cameras, but well, dude, I, think yeah, it, I have a, the appearance a drone. Was, it looks great. The drone, the drone footage is really cool. I, I, that, yeah, done thank a you. Great job I, there too. I've gotten that taken away in like four different countries. <laughs> I had to fly to Israel three times to get it back. Yeah, dude. Okay. <laughs> I saw I saw some story one time where they were the people, and I think I think it was Netherlands. Uh, the Amsterdam police force had trained like falcons to go ca- capture drones out of the <laughs> sky because it was illegal, like over the city limits or something. So, I, you know, I I was pretty surprised too because I I did a lot of this filming like a year and a half ago, and there wasn't any like regulations or rules. They just let you whip a drone around like the sky. I was like, this is they need some laws on this, you know, cause I just, I'd be flinging it around, you know, I was in Palestine. There'd be like rockets flying above me. I'd have the drone going. They were like, Hey, you, you know, that's, that's enough. That's <laughs> so yeah, they, they took it, but yeah. Well, so before we get, get into the show, because I have a lot of feedback on that. A lot of, I, we've had a great time watching it. We've taken almost all of it down here Thank you. Since, since we booked this interview just a couple of days ago. So, um, but let's talk a little bit about what led you there, you know? So you you aren't a you're not a videographer or a film guy by no. nature. I mean, maybe by nature, but not by career. So talk about kind of how that whole thing, how that genesis started. And even if you want to start from when you were a little guy, um, maybe a little bit about your background and kind of get us up to where yeah. you started traveling. You know, um, basically just growing up in the Detroit area. Um, you know, it was hurting around 2008, and what I ended up doing was I applied for just hoping to get a job for a you know a Fortune 100 company. Applied on the internet to uh, Hewlett Packard. You know, at the time they were a Fortune 10 company, and uh, begged them for a job. And they uh, like, all right, kid, you know, move to Arkansas in a dry county. We'll give you a shot. I was like, all right, I'm going. <laughs> you know, so I, I moved to Arkansas in a dry county. It sucked. It was not fun, but I worked my ass off for uh, two years to kind of work my way up the corporate ladder. Went from uh, Hewlett Packard to IBM, then back to Hewlett Packard again, and then I got uh, recruited by the Israelis. So, kind of make a long story short. I uh, just dedicated my career. I lived in uh, Chicago, Arkansas, Denver, and then I got in a position where I could be an executive at uh, HP. And they said, you know, where would you like to live? And uh, I told them, I was like, I, I want to go to Detroit. And I thought I was joking. You know, it's like, no, I'm serious. You know, that's where I'm from. They're like, you want to go to Hawaii? You want to go to Detroit? They're all like, ha, 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 ha. You know? But uh, yeah, so I decided to come home. And, you know, once I uh, was making good money and everything, I always had a passion for traveling. I would uh, just take a lot of trips, you know? So if there was a three-day weekend, I'd be like, 
fuck it. I'm going to Machu Picchu this weekend, you know? And I, I, I so. yeah, that's instead of watching Narcos, uh, the documentary, I went to Medellin, Colombia, you know, ran around there for the weekend. So, so I mean, did you have a wanderlust from when you were a kid? Did your parents, did your family travel or what, you know, how did that all look when you were little? Like we came from Bay city. We're just, you know, an hour North of where you grew up mm-hmm. and it, Travel wasn't really, I mean, our idea of travel was kind of going to like sporting events on the weekend or whatever, or like whatever. Yeah, you going know downtown. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, that is an adventure. You know? <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, especially especially back in the day, Detroit was definitely an adventure. Not so much now, but uh, I, I, I think where I got it, you know, it was just kind of an itch. I, I think the first time I went to Europe, I was, um, you know, 16 by myself and uh, went to Amsterdam and then went to uh, France and you know, when you start seeing all these places, it just kind of opens up your mind. I was like, I, I want more, you know, it's so much fun. And, you know, it's, it's great meeting people and seeing different places and the experiences you have. And uh, just ever since then, I just always kept traveling. That's pretty incredible. So you got to the point where you were able to keep, keep all or start taking mass amounts of footage, obviously, that ultimately led to the creation of the docuseries. <laughs> but yeah. did there become a point where your your kind of just basic travel became super focused that like when you knew it was going to be end, it was going to end up as this getting worldly docuseries or did you kind of just do that afterwards once you'd already collected it yes well i mean i was it i decided to take a year off of work and was uh you know because i was probably at the age of 30 you know i was an executive at a fortune 10 company at the time making great money and was like all right i this is gonna be my life probably gonna divorce three times i'll make a lot of money but you know, there's got to be a little more to life than this. You know, it's way too materialistic. It's all I cared about. You yeah. know, I was like, you know, I, I think I'm gonna step back and uh, I think I'm gonna take a year off. You know, I can always come back to it and I'm gonna travel and see the world. You know, I was tired of doing these weekend trips too, and so I was like, all right, well, if I do this, I can't just drink every night for a year. You gotta <laughs> have some focus or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I gotta have something. I gotta do something. You know, you know, keep me from getting in trouble. So yeah, I decided. I was like, yeah give this a shot, you know, take a chance. And, uh, I was like, all right, I'll create a docuseries. Dude. It's incredible. So how long, so you, you collected footage for an entire year. You have a, you have a year's worth of, of media to, to go through. Yeah, I do. <laughs> how many <laughs> countries does that too. cover? Um, I've been to total. I've been to 82 countries, but over the past uh, year and a half, I went to about 40 and you know, it, it started off. I was like, I'm just gonna take a year off and do like a seven month trip. So the thing you could do is you can, uh, you can book a ticket that actually goes around the world. It's called around the world flight. And, um, you can stop at like 12 different countries. You have to do a full circle around the world. You have a year to use it and you can't backtrack. So you have to continually go around the world. And, uh, so I did that and that took about seven months. And then I came back to Detroit of all places, you know, it was just like, and I was just running around in Congo you know, like <laughs> yeah, we, that, we're just watching that episode. That was crazy. Yeah. It was, it was nuts, you know? And, uh, I was like, what am I doing here? And I was like, I, I'm not done. You know, I was like, I'm going to do it again. And so yeah. I did it again. It took another, uh, eight months and did, uh, another circle around the world. And so, yeah, just between that, uh, a little over a year, uh, I was, I was about 40 countries and wow. then that's crazy. trying to fire it back up here. But, uh, with COVID making it a little difficult, but yeah, certainly you have, you have citizenship and multi, you have multi citizenship as well. Yes. I just got my dual citizenship last year. Congrats. And, uh, Cause so that, that allows you, you, you would be, you'd be home otherwise right now, probably. Right. <coughs> well, uh, Michigan, I, I should I could say come here. 
Well, even though I'm a dual citizen, like when I tried to come to Malta, I gave them a heads up, like the consulate and the embassy. It's like, hey, guys, I'm coming. <laughs> you know, is that okay? And they said, no, it's not. And, you know, I was like, I'm a dual citizen. I don't think I, you know, maybe I didn't explain that well. I'm one of you guys, you know, like you're going to let me in, right? And they're like, no. And so if you're an American, you can't come to Europe, basically the entire EU. So I had to go to uh, Turkey, Istanbul for like two and a half weeks to quarantine. And that was a, that was a party. <laughs> I heard Istanbul I had, a party. <laughs> dude, I had the most fun quarantining in the world. The <laughs> currency crashed while I was there. So in January, it was basically like a dollar to six lira. Lira is their currency. So right now it is like $1 to 11 lira. So like it, everything mm. is more than half off. It was cheap to, like as it is, but now the currency crashed. And so everything is like free. I well, gained like 12 pounds while I was there. I was just eating just elaborate meals, buying drinks for everyone. You know? <laughs> so, so, I mean, the currency <laughs> crash worked out great for you, but very poorly for the yes. billion people that live in. Turkey. I felt bad. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Dude, there's like 17 million people in uh in Istanbul, you know. No, yeah. isn't it, isn't it? Yeah, don't they have more? Don't they have as many people in Turkey? Or no, maybe I missed. I, I was thinking they had almost as large of a population as the U.S. No, what U.S. is around like, like what 340 million? Yeah, 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 340. No, I'm not sure how many. It's a lot of people. There's a ton. There's a ton of people. Yes, exactly. And they know and how Istanbul's to party. Not that, even the capital. Yeah, there's a lot of good like. uh like EDM, there's a lot of good clubs going on. In there is, Maybe not during yeah. quarantine, but yeah. Yeah. I was surprised just like you, you know, you've heard it's fun and everything, but it, it is a, a Muslim country too. So it's 99% Muslim. Right. And so, you know, I was like, I wonder how they're going to, you know, think of me drinking nonstop. <laughs> you know? but, yeah, they're they partying, like partying you know? Muslims. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they're a lot more laid back than a lot of uh, other Middle, Middle Eastern countries. Yes. And uh, their economy is just full of uh, tourism. So, they they want people to come visit. Everyone should visit. It's it's cool. Yeah, there, there's an endorsement. I'm sure, I'm sure you've based on what I've seen from the show. I'm just in talking to, with you this morning. It feels like uh, you'd be a, you'd advocate for everyone to travel. You know, there's more. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not just about getting the picture <laughs> or making the docu series or any of that. It's there's something spiritual that happens when you meet people from other cultures, right? That and you learn that they're the same as you. You know, there's different yeah, of shit course, around you know. it, but it's the same. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, part of traveling too is just kind of figuring it out. And I don't know how much, you know, everyone relies on the media nowadays or how much truth you can get from it. But sometimes you just got to go and see it yourself, you know. And uh, the thing that surprises me the most is how welcoming people are. And no matter what's going on in the country, I've been to a lot of countries that are in the middle of wars, you know, like numerous ones. And thinking that they wouldn't want an American there, but they, they love you. They just love anyone that's like, honestly, it would take the time to come see their country, see them, give it a chance and uh, yeah. see what you think of it. So meaning that always, uh, always, always kind of like breaks your heart almost, you know, it's the nicest people around the world kind of, you know, gives you faith in humanity again. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I agree. I, and you did a good job of uh, conveying that in the show, honestly. And I think the, I, I said raw and I don't want anyone, first off, go check it out. There's going to be links in the show now. It's everyone. I mean, I think we're prime members. I don't think we paid for a prime membership ever. I don't know if it's like an ex-wife's mother, my, my ex-mother-in-law. <laughs> I think maybe you might have paid for it for a lifetime or something. But the point is, you probably have it, even if you uh, don't know you do. Go check the thing out. It's really cool. You'll get a feel for what I'm talking about when I say raw. Because and if you're watching a YouTube video, we'll be inserting clips here and there, too. Uh, but there, there is a rawness to it that makes it so much more relatable and so much more realistic that I think the lessons in it just feel more less contrived. You know, it's not like 
some HGTV show or something like that where they go and they have some wrap up at the end. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, you were dealing with some personal stuff. We'll get into that a little bit with with the death of your grandfather. And so that's in the show, which is very endearing and, and real. And I don't know, you did a great job capturing that. So I think we should talk about your, you. pro- your process in that because um, before we get to there, though, I want to talk. I want to go back to the travel agent part of me, which I've never been a travel agent, but I kind of. <laughs> I've had a lot of bad travel agents, but uh, you get an around the tick around the world ticket and you yes. have basically seven months to complete it. Are you locked into certain dates and all you can do all the traveling you want around? You there can change you can- them. Okay. So you have to pick your countries. You have to pick the countries, but you can change the dates. Yes. So it's kind of like, all right, what do I want to do? You know? So the first yeah. one I went to, oh man, I went to Australia. You know, I wanted to go surf in Australia. It seems pretty cool. I want to go to Thailand, get the tattoo. Then it was, uh, I want to see Mount Everest. So I went to Nepal and I wanted to meet the Shepherds that are on Mount Everest, you know, that uh, actually like made different, you know, everyone's walking up there with oxygen. They don't walk with oxygen. They run up, carry everyone's bags. And then uh, I actually got approved to meet the Dalai Lama. <laughs> so, oh, the Dalai. Yeah, Did you meet him? The Lama? <laughs> His holiness. His well, holiness. Uh, no, I didn't get to. So I flew to India after that, but uh, I got approved. He got really sick um, a year and a half ago and he canceled all meetings for like four months. He almost died. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, I found myself in India just being like, well, it's here to meet the Dalai Lama, but you know, they didn't get to, but, uh, went to <laughs> Lebanon yeah, from Lebanon, went to, uh, Egypt, then to Rwanda, Uganda, Congo, South Africa, Ghana. And that was the first trip. And then, oh. you know, back to America. And so, I mean, you, you probably don't have a favorite, but what are all those countries you named are very different, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. Give a little kind of a snapshot of the made the biggest difference you notice from one place to another, and then also the kind of what a common thread was that you recognize amongst all of those. And maybe we already covered that, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think it was your first question. What was my? I probably don't have a favorite, but I have like a, a handful of favorites. Yeah, let's hear them. You know, yeah, uh, if if I could, what I usually say is like if I could live anywhere else, Japan. Number one, Japan's awesome. You know, Tokyo's the largest city in the world. It's also the most cleanest city, and you can do like anything you want. yeah dude that's my favorite city too yeah yeah, they've already thought of the most efficient way to do it too you know and it's just like yeah they they figure it out they're very dedicated that um lebanon in israel i really liked rio de janeiro is uh you know these are all very different regions too rio de janeiro is just magical you have like you know the ocean you have the mountains you have the jungle you have the favelas it's dangerous it's scary but it's fun and the women are beautiful yeah um and actually russia i really liked russia too russia was really cool but um, yeah, I think yeah. the uh, the biggest difference is just, I guess, in in regions. You know, what people say is people like to say, like a third world country. That really doesn't make sense. That's just from like uh, World War II, basically. But uh, so it's like developed countries and non-developed countries. Right. Um, you know, so when you're in the Western world, anything that's like you know Western Europe, the Americas, everything else, things are kind of standard. Australia. But uh, once you start getting into like non-developed countries, that's where it's fun. You know, it's just like anything goes. It's nuts. It's so cheap and it's great. I, I like it. You know? Well, you're, you're talking about the Congolese air travel scene and it didn't sound very yeah. uh, reassuring. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, it, in Congo, it's like it, it's dangerous to fly. Like snakes on a plane is real. It happened there. Like they find snakes on a plane often. And uh, like someone actually, someone actually brought on like an alligator too. But, uh, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, that caused like a crash, like a mass casualty. Yes, 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 exactly. It did. Yeah, you talked about it in the show. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's tragic. It's, it sounds, sounds like yeah. a funny beginning a funny premise. And then it sounds very sad at the end of it. No, and it's real, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just, 
anything goes there. I mean, that place is so dangerous too, you know, and it's just uh, the historical aspect of it is uh, kind of fascinating too. You know, I've, out of all the places I've been, that's, I think it's probably the most dangerous place in the world. That's not in like a straight out war, but they constantly are in war. Everyone's fighting over the minerals there and, yeah. you know, the children soldiers too. It's, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, you, I mean, I lo- we love the aspect of history that you brought to the show as well. Um, I try not to be too geeky with it, but it, it's interesting, though, right? No, I think it's yeah. I, I, we, that was um, that was our favorite part of it, honestly. Like you talked about Joseph Coney in that one in the in uh, yeah. Georgia. You talked to, I forget what was the historical part you got into with Georgia. Well, you talk a lot about Stalin, Stalin. Stalin's yeah. whole thing, and then of course in the first one you talked about war the with Russia. Well, yeah. yeah, a four million person nation with like virtually no real armory yeah, going up against exactly. Russia. <laughs> It'd be like Maine going up against Russia. They're like, you know, right? Yeah, that's exactly. You guys aren't going to win this one. They know it too, you know. But yeah, you got to keep an eye on Maine, by the way. Yeah. How so? <laughs> well, I mean, they're always ready to throw down. It seems like. No, I'm joking. Too. So is Michigan, huh? <laughs> there's, there's a militia there. True. We're, they they just tried to kidnap the governor for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! What a great time to be in Malta. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's open too. Is it? So like the the bars are open. Everything. It's like the only country in Europe right now. It's open. So it's it's great. I like it. So what are you doing there right now? Are you are you you're living there? You you talk about in one of the episodes. Uh, you showed some footage of going out with your grandfather. It was the last time you hung out with him. Yeah. And he made you promise over and over that you'd go see Malta because he's yeah. you guys are Maltese. So talk about that. Well, he wanted me to tell his sister. You know, like who's who's going to tell her that she passed away? You know, the family and everything. And uh. Yeah, I mean, he promised them that I'd do it. So, um, you know, I also felt obligated to. My grandpa would talk to her once a week. And so, you know, God forbid that she would just think uh, my grandpa just stopped loving her or something and just stops calling, you know. Right. So I, I wanted to give her some closure to it, too. Um, you know, and once I came back here, I've been here probably eight times before. And, uh, you know, I love it. It's uh, it's just a, it's a different lifestyle. You know, I, I love America, of course. But um I also love it here too. I have, yeah. you know, all my relatives are here. It's uh it's a small island. It's about 350,000 citizens. You know, it's very small, but uh, it's cool and it's uh it's nice. It's just it, a laid back life. It's a, it's a, what it's kind of like between Morocco and Italy or something. Where, where exactly? Where exactly. exactly is it? Yes. Yeah. I'm impressed, man. But well, it's only because no I looked it up. It's only because I looked it up yesterday. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't have that in the back of my head. Uh but so does it is it more of an African vibe or more of a European vibe or is it really just European a super vibe for sure European good vibe. question yeah. yeah the language is, is kind of a mixture of Arabic and Italian so it's tough I'm gonna have to learn it starting to take uh start taking language classes next week but yeah do you have anything? it's definitely a European vibe what's do that any, do you have any Maltese down no not at all no like Kifnit basically how are you <laughs> not, well, I'm, I'm well thanks for asking actually yeah <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, Nihongo ga, Nihongo ga Skoshi Wakarimasu ka? Whoa, you speak Japanese? The Skoshi Wakarimasu. <laughs> Only a very little tiny bit. Okay. I basically <laughs> I basically learned the first CD of Pimsleurs, and okay. the Pim, and that teaches. <laughs> this is funny, actually. It teaches you, it teaches you how to say uh, Nihongo ga Skoshi Wakarimasu demo mata josu jarimasen, which means. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, exactly that's the problem so i have it perfectly i have the accent and everything it's perfect but it literally means i only know a little bit of japanese but i'm learning and so then the next question is inevitably like well how much japanese and i literally don't know anything else so i'll just kind of give like the yeah. oh you know so have, i basically you've been, can say you've one been to thing. japan too i have i've been there a dozen times or so for work though so awesome. but i've uh you know so my wife and i my wife jessica has never been 
And now that I'm out of the auto industry, I want to go back there and in like a purely tourist, you know, vibe because yes. it's very different when you're there working, but I do love it. The, the funny, the great part about Tokyo and also the very frustrating part about Tokyo is there's not a trash can in sight. So there's not. And, and that also, so at first, if you're just a, a American who's used to throwing shit away, it's problematic. You end up loading your bag and your pockets up. But what it ultimately teaches you is like, don't buy shit that you have to throw away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's don't no walk littering. out of your house. You have shit. Yeah. Like, right. Keep your shit inside. Don't bring it out for like, you know, to throw away. <laughs> I walked around, I walked around Tokyo for like two hours with like the Red Bull can being like, finally had to ask someone at 7-Eleven, like, can I use your trash can? You know, because there really is no trash cans there. Yeah. yeah and it's clean and it's beautiful. Yes. Man. Yeah. And I noticed, I mean, when I go to a, a place for the first time, even if it's a, American, an American city, I always like trying to get on the mass transit system because I just feel like you really Likewise. get a feel for the real people, you know. But so yeah. what's your what's your favorite mass transit system that you've seen? And we'll give give some give Ooh. a couple uh, anecdotes that you've seen out there that are probably a little a little hairy. Yeah, definitely had some like horrible ones. But <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Um, That's one thing that like, man, even in India, India is it's not my cup of tea. It's huge, you know, so it's way too hard to generalize India. It's way too big, but like, it's kind of gross, you it's know, dirty. It's, it's very like, dirty in a lot yeah, of places. It, yeah, the water exactly. smells. It's very dirty. Yeah. yeah, nothing works, but somehow, like, they, they got their mass transit like down pretty good in some parts, like the metro. But like, yeah, and if you take like the long haul train, there's people like sleeping on top of each other, but their metro is, is extremely surprising. It's air conditioned. It's like, wow. Yeah, you guys actually got this right, you know. But <laughs> right. uh, the most beautiful one I've seen is probably uh, Moscow. Moscow is incredible, you know, and it's uh, there's like all stolen treasures from around the world, <laughs> and they like decorate their metros with it. So like one of the main things to do when you get into Moscow is you go around the metro and you see all the different stations and like treasures from around the world that they've conquered people and like they put it up on display for them. You know, it's like oh, all right, like yeah, skull, I also love, like skulls uh, of former leaders or what is it? What kind of stuff? no like jewels and diamonds and marbles and like paintings and i don't know it's it's, it's beautiful it's like wow you know i've never seen like an investment like this in you know transit a public, but, uh, yeah, in a public transit yeah yeah japan's is awesome you know if, if you're if, if they're running like a minute late they write you a note you know <laughs> it never yeah. happens dude it, it, yeah I remember, exactly i remember one time i was in hiroshima and it, there was a typhoon coming or something and it, they closed the trains for like an hour and I was mm-hmm. just, people were beside themselves, you know, and like, oh, yeah, happened, you know? yeah, Man, I, I love the Japanese people, though. How about you? Oh, yeah, dude. I love, yeah. They're, it, they're you great. know, you, t- you talked about in your series about how in America we're, we, we, we're materialistic or, or, you know, we're very focused. You didn't say that. We're, we're very focused on work and our job and our, yeah. how we make our living and live to I, work. I, I, around when I was 35, I had the same awakening that you had at 30, which is like, I worked hard. I was making good money. I well, I kind of started to feel like a fraud kind of there because I was just like, I don't really care about this shit anymore. Like, I don't want to care yeah. about like all this stuff anymore. I did it. Exactly. And, and so I left as well, but I didn't go on a, a year long uh, travel <laughs> world. That's, that's for sure. But it's all right, probably save some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I completely was jibing with you on what you were saying about that. But that said, the Japanese people, at least, the males you know because it's still very very mm-hmm. traditional in that way the males are very focused on their job in fact getting oh, yeah. getting let go in japan from your job is more like akin to like in a, a divorce or something in the u.s in terms of what it does to you i bet and so i remember when i first traveled there it was really my first real culture shock where i i had traveled a little bit but never to anywhere too far outside of my mm-hmm. white european background kind of thing you know um 
And so I remember being there and I was kind of saddened by their, th- how heavily they were into their work. But by the end of that trip, I realized like, no, that it's just a different thing. But at the end of the day, it's still about the family. They all go out after work together and, you know, yeah. it's different. They have different emphasis there, but like you said, and like we talked about earlier, it's like, they're, they're very similar to us, but they're disciplined. They're quiet. Truly disciplined, dedicated. Yeah. Dedicated. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like calming there. It's Curious. relaxing. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, I, I just have a lot of respect for them. You know, anyone yeah. that, that anything they do, they kind of perfect. So it's like, you want something in Japan. It's, it's perfected basically. You know, it's, it's usually good stuff. If you want, if you just want noodles, you know, you can pick any, you know, shithole in the wall place that, but they're going to have like the best noodles possible too. You know, it's, it's <laughs> <Exactly>. great. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I went to this blowfish place. Fuga, I think it's called Fuga. And it's like, you know, it's the one that you need like a certification. Otherwise, if you eat the wrong part of it, you can like die of shock or something. Oh. Or, but, but like apparently now they grow these suckers in farms. So like it's they're, they're growing without toxins, yeah. but they don't tell you that. But I remember going there and this we had like an eight course meal, all these blowfish eight ways or something. And it was one guy working. It was his restaurant. We were the only customers there. And you would have yeah. thought we were like royalty or something. And I think it cost you were 30 bucks <laughs> yeah. a piece or something, but it was like, wow, what did yeah. they put so much of, of their energy into it? Everybody, everybody takes their job seriously. It's really something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you eat Kobe beef while you were there too? I did. I think actually we have a mutual friend. We were connected through Zach Domitz. Yes. From yes. Another Clarkston native, Detroit native. And, uh, Zach and I went to a shabu shabu place one time, and I think we ended up cool. ordering some kabu, <laughs> Kobe beef. But we got cut off by the Japanese because we're these two giant Americans just crushing beers and eating all you can eat food. And uh, they ended up telling us that it's it was hilarious. only it was only pork left, only pork left, no more beef. So so we're like, fine, bring out more pork. And we're eating the pork, and then <laughs> yeah. and then we saw them walk by with a bunch of more beef just to other tables. You know, I was like, we yes, got cut yes, off. Yes, they like to keep it to themselves. Yeah. You know, it's like, and they actually can't import it. So like America. Maybe they say they have Kobe beef. They don't have the real Kobe beef. It's only in Japan, you right. know? You know, they well, massage those suckers. They're dude, like, they massage them. They give them beer. They, you know, they live a great life. Dude, yeah. we have to, we have to get into your spot, your Georgian bathhouse. That that story had me oh, on, the, on the floor laughing. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you talk, talk, about your scrub, talk about your scrub down, <laughs> your whole, the whole vibe. Well, yeah, in the episode, uh, you know, one of the things to do in Georgia is like you go to the bathhouse. So I was like, whatever. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, wasn't sure what to expect. But yeah, it was just uncomfortable, man. <laughs> you know? So you walk in there, you get naked, you, you get in this little pool. And I was thinking like, sorry if I sound like a pervert or a man, whatever. I'm like, maybe some hot chick comes in and scrubs me. I'm like, this will be great. Well, you know? They ask because they asked you up front at the front desk, do you want uh, for extra money? Do you want to be scrubbed? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, of course, you know, yeah, like, sure, I'll take it scrub. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like the most uh, humiliating, degrading thing in the world. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm ready for it. And like some 70 year old man comes in in a Speedo and he's like, all right, let's go, buddy. You know, and has me lay down there and he scrubs like every inch of your body. And I'm just laying there like, this is just so uncomfortable. But, you know, hey, part of traveling, it's normal for them. And, down with it you know i went when i was in istanbul uh, a couple weeks ago like a turkish bath is a famous thing to do yeah. and uh, i was like here we go again man <laughs> it was a lot more uh it was a lot more pleasant than the uh <laughs> you ordered the scrub down again from the 70 year old yes. man yeah. yeah no i did not they they had like a beautiful turkish lady give me a scrub down that's it what worked out better this time yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Georgia was beautiful. I don't know much about Georgia. Uh, Isn't it? I, I know a lot more now having watched your ep- second episode. So what? What the scenery there the is just amazing. There. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, it is so small. But if anyone likes hiking, if anyone, uh, you know, if you're, you're down for hikes and, and great food that's cheap and you love wine, like go to Georgia. You know, that's it. That's the place to go. <laughs> you know, dude, beautiful women, beautiful mountains. Yeah. What what was that uh what was that dish that you were on the search for that you finally found? That shit looked good, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially it the one where good. Where, where you the one where you finally hit the jackpot, I was like, oh, yes. this looks better. The other ones just look like pizzas, but this one Pizza. Looks... That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I kept looking for it, you know, because it's like the famous dish in Georgia and it's uh they sell it everywhere. And it's like you gotta try this. And so yeah, finally I nailed it. Finally I got it. And it's uh it's so good. It's cheese, egg, bread. I forget the name of it is, but uh yeah, it's great. <laughs> but uh it's funny you saw that yeah i was i was definitely on the look for it you know yeah dude. i was searching for it so are you so so let's talk about the actual project now getting worldly it's it's killing it the film festival circuit it's won quite a few i think i won uh one in wales a couple of weeks ago uh one in las vegas and then uh another one called phenomenal film fest so it's uh it's, it's getting some great attention so hopefully uh kind of what they do if my ultimate goal would be hopefully people can watch this on Netflix one day, but right. before Netflix even looks at it, they're like, okay, how did you do on this, the, the film circuit? And, um, which is supposed to be like a very fun thing to do too, you know, cause when you get accepted to these film fests, they fly go. you out. Yeah. yeah. You get to go and, you know, you have a bunch of drinks on the red carpet and you have a blast, you know? And, uh, but since it's COVID, it's just like this, it's someone interviewing me on a, on a computer screen. So I'm yeah. not getting drunk and, and running around on the red carpet or anything, but what a shame. You can't you can't go get drunk and run around. <laughs> you can't get drunk and run around in a bunch of cool places as you're promoting a show in which you're getting drunk and running around in a bunch of cool places. What a yes, shame. exactly. It's all I wanted, man. It's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come, things will come back to normal, I imagine, at some point. But yes. So so the film festival circuit this year is literally all remote where you're you're yeah. how do you how do you watch that? So do you have access to watch all of them somehow like through a, yes, it's, an it's easy interface? Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's pretty much they use a lot of social media and yep, basically it's it's just like you said, it's, yeah, it's an easy inter- interface. Every film festival kind of does it a little different. Some countries are open, but they won't allow you to travel there. So I think in uh, where is it Austria last week? It was just at the Austrian International Film Festival, and they had it in an actual theater. Um, one in Ukraine, they showed the episode of uh, of Ukraine there, which was fun. Uh, they loved it. <laughs> that's awesome I, but, yeah that, that's cool that I, I could really tell when you were watching it that you wrote you wrote the the narration you know with very much in mind that you know you're respecting the people there and I, that, that comes yeah, through hopefully. you know yeah you know because like when, when you think of ukraine it's like i don't know about this place <laughs> it's, like, yeah it's it's unknown you, you did a good job of encapsulating like what the fuck is this place yeah what <laughs> like, is when it? you got you know, i've heard some crazy shit here you guys get weird you know yeah, yeah. yeah and it was weird you know i was ripping shots of absent I rented a tank, you know, I was doing donuts with a tank, <laughs> go to Chernobyl. Yeah. I had a blast, man. But the people there were so cool and they were so nice. And it's, I, I thought it was going to be dangerous. It's not dangerous at all. It's very safe. It's, uh, it's cool. You know, and you really feel, really feel for them too. They're at war with, you know, Russia right now. That's, that's taken over, you know, a big part of the country. And so it's, uh, yeah, I definitely want to be respectful to them too, but yeah, still you, know, you want were, to I'm, tell the truth, you know, yeah. like, yeah, there's some weird shit here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do a good job of distancing, you know, that kind of comment and making it clear that you're coming it's coming from your own perspective and that you're not broadcasting some sort of generality. You're you, you exactly. do a good job writing it in that regard for sure. Thank you. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, so I think 
I think anyone, any country that you end up doing an episode on will probably enjoy watching it. I would imagine, you know. Awesome. But, yeah, I hope, I hope so. Thank you. But that said, now, as a business person, it does make sense. Any press is good press, and there's no way to get good press <laughs> to get good press and to get, start, you know, some sort of culture war in another country. So maybe you yeah. should consider doing a really disrespectful one at some point. <laughs> I don't know, man. I almost, I considered it in Romania. Uh, we'll be back right after this short break. And uh, it kind of goes like this. It's kind of... Once you, once you, three, four. We must talk in every telephone, get eaten off the web. We must rip out all the epilogues from the books that we have read. Into the face of every criminal, strapped firmly to a chair. We must stare, we must stare, we must stare. Any press is good press, and there's no way to get good press to get good press and to get start you know some sort of culture war in another country. So maybe you yeah. should consider doing a really disrespectful one at some point. <laughs> man, I almost I considered it in Romania. I was like, oh man, not a great I'm experience. To them. Not, <laughs> I had a good experience, but I went there for Halloween, and so I was like, in my head, I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. You know, I'm gonna go to Dracula's. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to Dracula's castle. I'm gonna have a huge party there, like. And I'm like, I got to be something American, but low key American because it's going to piss everyone off, you know? Like, I can't be Trump or I can't be like Bill Clinton or anything. But I'm like, what is it? Elvis? Elvis, who, like, that's American. And, yeah. you know, like, who doesn't love Elvis? And then I got there. I got like cold feet too, man. I started getting self conscious, you know, like, what if they don't know who Elvis is? Oh, God, you know, I'm in Romania here. It's weird. You know, they're not going to know who Elvis is. And you're thinking, but, I spent uh, two, I spent 48 hours consecutively working on my pelvic thrust and now for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was uh it was it was awesome but I, I get to dracula's castle we had a big party there uh on halloween night which was just awesome it was cool uh they don't really dress up for halloween i was the only person dressed up like so it was kind of like uh going to disney world and dressing up like mickey mouse you know like people <laughs> were like give me the hold their kids and they were taking pictures with me and stuff it was like i think they thought i worked there or something i don't know <laughs> but uh, yeah. did, did this guy think that we think that's his real hair or what's going on with this guy no they're like oh this Elvis Presley. They don't speak any English, but they love Elvis, so it worked out great. The universal but, uh, appeal. Mm-hmm. The thing I didn't like about it was like there's so many scams, and then so going to Dracula's castle, and it's like, all right, it's called Bron Castle, and then you find out it's not the real Dracula's castle. There is a real Dracula's castle, but it's different. They just call this one Dracula's castle because Dracula was a fictional character. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, you assholes. You know, like I just went across Romania for nothing to come to your like your fake Dracula castle. Yeah, and the real like, one no. is like on the other side of the country. So it was like, <laughs> oh man, got me. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. So how so how many you have three episodes released now? Is, is your mm-hmm. intention to get through the festival circuit and to produce more? Are are you making yes, your, exactly are you self producing it as well, doing all the editing and all yes. that? Dude. Yes. That's inspiring, dude. Like for me as well, because because this this podcast is very much a one man show too. And that's not to say I don't have wonderful support from my wife and stuff and friends, but I'm doing all the aspects of it myself. And uh, a lot of people have been have told me that they're, they're inspired by that. But dude, you're out there. You're on Amazon. Like anyone in the world can go watch you and get it yourself. There's like the point is people think they shouldn't start something because they don't know the right people or whatever. Like, you don't need to know anyone. You you get you Take are a the person. Chance. <laughs> do it. Right. Yes, exactly. You know, and like you said, it is, it's, it's raw, but it's real. And I think, uh, 
like you also said too, you know, like people appreciate that and it gives, it's not an overproduced thing too. So it's, it's, it kind of gives a, a real view of what it's like. And, and just like with your show too, you know, like this is, this is how you do it. You know, it's, it's doing it yourself too. And I, I think when people have so much help and everything else and it's so overproduced, I, that kind of loses a little bit of appeal. You know, Dude, I like stuff that's real. Yeah. A hundred percent. And especially the reality is a lot of people are intimidated by travel already because it's expensive and all of that. And so when you see like these kind of overproduced shows where it's all laid out and they're all, it's always these curated events and things like that. It's really never, you know, it, that doesn't help people at all. Uh, that's not going to help anyone like get over their fear of like, Oh no, what am I, what's a real person going to do when they get there? Right. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, you, exactly. you flew, you ended up in Uganda basically i mean that thing looked that whole trip looked pretty scary because you were getting an unmarked cabs and uh you know it ended up being a good experience but yeah it ended up being a good experience but yeah i got a little shaky there <laughs> yeah man I, that could have easily gone really really bad you know and i i thought it wasn't get bad and you're crossing the border there too like sometimes i get nervous pulling out this camera you know everyone's staring at me i'm in the middle of you know i'm on the border of uganda congo and rwanda and it's just like, I stick out like a sore thumb, all white. And they're like, and this guy's going to film us right now. Like you got some balls, kid, you know, like we're about to steal everything you have. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, sorry. My, uh, I'm not sure if that cut in or not. I, people keep, kept calling my phone. Oh no, it was, uh, if, if you have to take it, you can take it if you need to. No, no, no. no. I, but I wasn't sure if you could hear that on the, uh, on the line. Yeah, no, I didn't. It came across on my side. So good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, dude. And then you got to go see the gorillas. You had a you kind of a you yeah. had, had a hairy situation. I don't mean that as a pun, but it got hairy there with those. <laughs> yeah, man. One one charged at me. But uh yeah. I mean it's just incredible. Those things are going they're critically extinct. You know, anyone that's familiar with Diane Fossey, um, you know, it's just it's incredible. It's the only place in the world you can see them. It's uh it's great. And they, they allow permits, you know, I think like eight or so a day, and it's you're going, you're you're in the shit there. I mean, it's, it's as real as it gets, you know, and you have probably like 20 different people with AK 47s around you because you're going in there. You could run into a rebel group. You could, you know, get charged at by an elephant or, you know, like Like when you were, you were asking your reporter about if there were elephants and they were just so enamored with your camera phone that they were or like with your camera, (laughs) they weren't even paying attention. Like, and then it was funny because after that, you said something something like, uh, I could have talked to these guys all day and I made a joke to my wife, like, well, you better put the phone or the camera away because they're just distracted right now if you're going to keep talking. <laughs> but yeah, you're trying to ask them, like, are there elephants down yeah. there? And they're like, what? <laughs> they didn't care at all what I was saying. They were like, just amazed looking at the phone. They're like, this is me. This is me. You know, like, yeah. Jessica kept saying, like, this guy's trying to get get a girlfriend off the show because he was like, yeah, looking at the camera, like, I think his they name was cool. Ram. <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. Yeah, Ram. Yep. He was, he was awesome. Yeah. Oh man, I have a, yeah, I have a it, question for you, and this isn't to challenge you because I, I you brought please. awareness to the you brought awareness to the endangerment and to that culture, and that's wonderful. But d- does it ever create when you take humans into that environment? Does it ever create the need for those guides to kill an animal? You know what I mean? Like, do, do they ever kill one of these endangered apes for them charging? No, no. Okay, I well, they probably keep that. They would keep that quiet. <laughs> Not they tell us about that yeah <laughs> i've never heard of one but that's also like the biggest revenue generating thing in the country they're yeah. like one of the most poor countries in the world uganda and so like that just that little amount of tourism it brings is so much money that if they came out and were like yeah these 
these girls will kill you. Like I, I don't think they would shoot themselves in the foot like that. But yeah, dude, that yeah. those things are beautiful, man. I that, that was an incredible. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's so cool. And then when you get there, it's like you know I had such expectations, and you get there and you kind of just you just stare at each other for like an hour. <laughs> you know, it's like right. feeling each other out, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Oh, one of the little baby girls, you know, was like wanted to play, came up and like started grabbing at my shoes and stuff. And it was like, I just had to stand still. But all I wanted to do was just like give it a little hug or tickle it or something. You know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, do they tell you yeah. not to do that because the, the mom or oh, dad will come fuck you up? Yeah. That, but also you can get them sick. And oh. like, because we can get them sick, you know, just because they're not used to, I don't know, whatever crazy disease we're carrying around with us. Um, but uh, yeah. And so you, you can't touch them. And, yeah. But the rebels, they actually do kidnap people on those trips. Yeah, dude. I mean, did you feel more like I know in Europe and in some Middle Eastern countries, you might people feel like Americans are more targeted. I, I have a friend who travels and he would sometimes carry Canadian cash back when things were like kind of I don't hairy. I mean, I li- I've lived in Detroit for the past 15 years. Like <laughs> you, you can make it through there. You can make it through. Anything. Yeah, exactly, man. I'm not too scared of it. You know, like people don't hate Americans that much. But no, no. yeah, people say like, yeah, you say you're Canadian. I never do. I always say it's America. I want to seem American. So people have a good impression on America. Yeah. You know, you kind of represent the country too when you're there. So if they do have any viewpoints, it's like, you know, or they're upset. It's like, all right, let's talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Maybe yeah. I could change your mind or something. You know, maybe you could learn from me too. You know? I, I think I think in the case of like some sort of organized criminality, in that case, you know, mm-hmm. Americans would actually be unattractive to because because we'll yes, you know, we're a little exactly. bit we'll I fuck think, you up a little bit harder than other places man, might. I, I think you're you're basically protected anywhere in the world just because you know, if you fuck with it, tourism is so big and no matter what country you're in, someone runs your hood. You know, there is some sort of organized crime that right. comes in. And if you kidnap an American, or you kill an American, you're bringing heat on the entire neighborhood. You know, you're fucking up the man's business. And yeah. so, you know, you'll have to, there will be consequences for it. But uh, I feel like you're protected basically anywhere because of that, except Mexico City, just because Mexico City is just too chaotic and nuts and like, no one's accountable because everyone's in, you know, all the high up guys are on the run, you know, running around Mexico, probably living in like a cave or something, but have billions of dollars. And right. then all the middlemen are constantly getting killed. And so it's just like a kind of a free for all. They will kill you. Yeah. Did, you had a negative experience. Did, you kind of had a scary yeah, situation in Mexico. <laughs> you got carjacked, right? Yes. With Latile, yeah. I want to hear. I want to know. Yeah. I could see it coming too. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what's happening was, it's not like I was coming back from like the titty bar at 2 a.m. I was going to the titty bar and it was 2 p.m. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't coming back. I was going to. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I was going to the airport and uh, I was leaving Mexico City. And it's it's a cool place. I mean, it's the largest city in the Americas. So it's it's huge. You know, I mean, it's beautiful too. like down in like the embassy kind of area. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, exactly. On the way to the airport, we started going to I was in an Uber. We're going down a single lane one-way road and it was just like oh this is not good you know like growing up in detroit they tell you you know you should leave enough room between you and the car ahead of you just in case you know you need to pull out and get out but on a single lane road you're a sitting duck you can't go anywhere you're boxed in with traffic and so it was just like all right this is not good this is like you know we are sitting ducks this is prime for something so i had a feeling it was coming it was just like all right when is it coming sure enough three guys come up to you know put the shirts over their their face like you know and uh i was like all right you know how bad is this do they have a gun and i was like they don't have a gun but then i was like who robs somebody without a gun you know i was like almost insulted like 
I'm an American, damn it. If you're going to rob me, you better have a gun. What are you going to do? Beat me up? You know, like, (laughs) fuck you. Who cares? Do it. So what? You know? Yeah. I was like, but I had, you know, a suitcase, probably $5,000 worth of stuff on me, just of like possessions. I was like, how stupid it sounds. But in my head, my first initial thought was like, I got this. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to beat them all up. But I was like, oh, there's no way that you guys are like, I'm giving this stuff up. You know, I was like, think again. (laughs) You know, but so they come on and they, they beat up my, uh, my cab driver and take all his stuff, his phone, his GPS, everything. And they look at me and they're like, phone, camera, bag, wallet. I was, I was like, no, I was ready too. I was like, oh, you're ready to die. Ready. Or you knew they would have no, guns. I'll, basically, <laughs> I but they didn't have a gun. So I was like, you know, who cares? Beat me up. So what, you know, whatever. And so That's like, a good the guy story. If you jumped, know. Yeah. He jumped at me and I hit him as hard as I could. And, uh, once I hit him, his face, his shirt fell down to his face and he had six teardrop tattoos on his eyes. And it was like, after I did that, I was like, oh my God, you know, like this guy's killed people. Like, of course they have a gun. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is not good. Another guy came to the back seat. I have scars on my leg from it. He, he brought out a, uh, I don't know if it was like a pocket knife or like a, a box cutter or something, but he was like the size of me. I'm not a big guy. I'm five, six, 150. You know, I'm, I'm small. And so I was like, whatever, you know, like, I don't care about that. I'm scared about the guy with the, you know, the teardrop tattoos. <laughs> and uh, so I kept wailing on him. This guy just kept slicing my legs up, still have scars on my legs from it, you know? So I'm, I'm bleeding. I'll show, I'll give you footage of it after too. I, uh, I yeah, videotaped I'll, it after. You can see me. my yeah, shirts sure. all ripped up. I got like one guy scratching me and stuff. It was an intense fight in the backseat of this cab. And then the third guy comes up and I'm like, all right, time to get out of here with my bags. And I get out of the backseat and he puts a gun to my head and, uh, like I had to accept that I was dead, you know, like I just, you know, fucked up one of their buddies and I didn't give up any of my stuff. They'll kill me for sure. You yeah. know, and it's crazy what goes through your head when, you know, I had to just accept that I was going to get shot in the face. You know, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, my poor mother, you know, I was like, oh, she's not deserve that. She's going to hear that I got shot, in, you know, in the head and died in Mexico City. You know, I was like, I was an asshole. I should have just given it up. You know, obviously I made the wrong decision, but like, right. You know, it was like accountability, you know, like I asked for this, you know, and, and now it's time to pay the price. And one of the guys in the back seat, the little mother effer that kept cutting up my legs, grabbed my gold chain and ripped it off. And I, I grabbed it like this, still the same one I'm wearing. Uh, the big cross, the big the cross. Video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what happened was uh, it broke and I had a crucifix on it and the crucifix fell off. And so once the crucifix fell off, he grabbed the crucifix, you know, I had the gold chain in my hand. And they all just ran. So I'm sitting there with like my bags in one hand, my chain in the other hand. And there's like 300 people just around. Like, we thought he was going to shoot you. You know, like you are so lucky. I was Nobody like, was intervening. Oh, man. During- well, I wouldn't intervene either. If someone's got a gun, you know, it's like, what? They don't want to get shot. So I, <laughs> I get it. You know, I probably wouldn't have been wise to intervene. Yeah. They would have got shot. Fair. But uh, Fair yeah, fun. they were just like, yeah, everyone's shocked. I threw my stuff in my bags and then we're still in traffic. So it was like, all right. I didn't lose anything. I lost a crucifix and uh, my cab driver, he's crying. You'll see it in the video. <laughs> he's, he's, he's crying. I'm like, just go to the airport. I had to pull up directions on my phone because they took his GPS and everything too. But uh, you know, and it was just like, that was the only scary part was like, okay, they're coming back. They're coming back because one, like I messed one of them up and two, they didn't get anything from me. So I have all my stuff. So either for you know me hurting that guy's pride or to get my stuff, they're coming back though. Well, and so you, identi- you could there. identify him now too because you see his face mask came down or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all of them. 
but uh yeah <laughs> there's some amigo out there too when i punched the guy i was like oh man i'm gonna knock him out because i got the first shot i was thinking for sure i'm gonna knock this guy out and it was like the biggest miss and you're like it's difficult to <laughs> hey maker all the emotions and you just miss. <laughs> oh, no control biggest haymaker yeah <laughs> biggest haymaker so i missed his, his chin and i hit him in the ear oh that would hurt I hit, him I, it, dude, so Amigo's ear is still ringing to this day in Mexico City, man. Okay. It's it's okay. pretty. Yeah. Yeah. But so I I got my chain, but I got the uh the crucifix. I was like, you know what? Fuck them. I wanted a bigger one anyway. So I went out and bought a bigger crucifix. Yeah, there like, you go. You can have upgraded, it. You can have it. Upgraded your Christianity accordingly. Just yes, that's what happens yeah. when you get beat up like that. Or why whatever. Yes. You get stabbed a bunch of times by a box cutter. And- yeah, I don't know what it was, man. Yeah. They got me good though. Did you have to go, like, get medical attention? No. Like, I had to catch my flight. I was like, I'm getting out of here. You know, I was like, I could. And, like, at one point, the police stopped us. And they were like, you know, would you like to make a report? I was like, oh, God, no. You know, like. That sounds even more dangerous. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It is. And the (laughs) cop was like, don't do it. Don't do it. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. You know, I was like, let's let's just go. I want to get there. And he's like, carry on, you know, go. (laughs) Go quickly. (laughs) But I get to the airport and, like. My jeans are all bloody from getting, you know, stabbed in the legs. My shirt's ripped off. And so I get dropped off. I, I give the little cab driver a hug, like, hang in there, buddy. You know, like, I'm out, but you're going back. You know, that guy still dro- that guy still drove you the rest of the way? I didn't know where else to go. We were like in the hood, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> That's a dedicated driver. To, but I was like, dude, you're all I got. You have to. You know, it was like either that or I'm I'm taking your car and I'm driving to the airport. Yeah, but uh <laughs> I just gave him like all the money I had. In my wallet was like, here, good luck. You know, like yeah. you're going back out there. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm leaving, but you're, you're staying here. You're like, but here. no, bad at night. Yeah, you're yeah. like, here's, here's a bunch of money. You can give that to the guy with the teardrop tattoos later on when you're back. Yeah, on that, exactly. When you're back on that road again. Oh man, I felt bad. We messed up his car too, but it was surprising that when when, I, when we dropped me off the airport, like no one even bad an eye. You know, I'm sitting there with my jeans all bloody, my shirt tripped off, and everyone's just like, nah, it happens. You know, like. Whatever. The guy just got robbed. You know? Just another Nothing. heinous crime coming through. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I went to check in at the airport too, like get on the plane, my hand's still shaking. It's like all cut up and bleeding. And the guy's like, you okay? And I was like, oh man, this just happened. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still going pumped up. <laughs> yeah. He was like, careful. Got to be careful. I was like, yeah, just let me get on the plane, man. I want to go home. You know? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's wild. So, <clears throat> So getting worldly, are you going to come out with more episodes, more seasons? What's the next oh, yeah. format? Yeah. Um, you know, next I'm thinking I haven't done any of the stand countries. That's one of the areas I have. And they got some cool places there with like some crazy dictators that are just like insane. Um, I really got, I haven't been to Serbia. I want to go to Belgrade. I hear it's awesome, fun and cheap. So I'm going to do that too. Um, you know, I'm going to make an episode of uh, three weeks I just spent in Turkey. Oh, so you already the, collected uh, a bunch of footage there. Yeah. 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 A lot. It's cool too, man. Turkey is, uh, it's awesome. It's huge. It is huge. So there'll be a lot more episodes. Any, uh, any recommendations? I'd love to hear feedback from anyone on, on countries they would like to see. And I'll uh, definitely do an episode on it. So are they all generated? Do you have any archival stuff that, that you kind of took more amateurishly before you had such a focus that like you could make you can yes. stitch into an episode too? Are you, yeah a that ton. just takes a lot of effort yeah. though because it's like a lot more yes. like, a lot more white space or whatever a lot more yeah I, I have like a ton of just amateur weird footage of me just running around you know jungles and you know in columbia you know yeah 
Dude, I cracked up when you said the uh, when you're walking behind the chick and you and she you go don't stop short. Yeah, and then she stopped short. Yeah, and then, and then you made another Seinfeld comment later. I'm like, oh, dude, I love it. This is, there's two Seinfeld references now. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, try to make it somewhat entertaining. Yeah, well, you get to hear my thoughts basically. You know. Yeah, it's got so. a very journal. It's got like a travel journey journal feel. People, go check it out. Uh, give feedback. There's links in the there's links in the show notes. Before before we wrap up, I want to hear kind of your overall message to the to the listeners, not only with this project, but just about you. You made a really interesting point where you talked about hanging out with strangers that you meet at a hostel. Yeah, and uh, I want to talk to you about kind of some of the learnings that you had there about the transfer of knowledge. But first, before you transfer mm-hmm. your knowledge to the listeners and to me, yes, you got a tattoo. I did, but highly not by the Lama. Although you were there to see His Holiness, but it's correct. But it wasn't the Lama who gave you the tattoo. But let's hear about this. Yeah, not His Holiness. Well, you know, I'm going to these places, and it's not like if I'm making a show. I'm like, I got to do something interesting. Can't just get drunk everywhere, you know, and make it like me going to the bar in every country. Although, you know, that's in there. But uh, so I'm like, all right. I, I hear about this thing that you could do. You can get a tattoo. It's legal for Westerners to get. So white people can't get it. You have to be a uh, you know, a Buddhist to get this. Um, there's only two monks in Thailand that can give it. Like uh, a lot of people say they get it, but it's not the real thing. Like this is like a dead serious sacred thing to do. It's called a Sakyong tattoo. And it's like, you probably heard or seen people doing it. The guy has like a hammer and he's got a, like a stick and he just hammers a tattoo into you. Oh my so I'm like, perfect. I was like, I'll do that. You know, <laughs> like, sounds like a good experience. People, yeah. I was like, people will watch that. Right. You know, I was like, <laughs> but you don't get to pick the tattoo. So he picks the tattoo and he picks where it goes on you. He gave and you so a tramp like, stamp, didn't he? Dude, that's what I was. My first thought was like, oh God, please, please do not give me a tramp stamp or like on my face or my neck. It was like, yeah, if it was on my face or my neck or a tramp stamp. I was, I, I don't think I would have done it. I would have stopped, <laughs> but like it. You just have one dot, yeah. one big bruise, and one, and then you'd be like, yeah. "That's it, I'm done." <laughs> you know, there will be an episode about it. I won't give too much away, but yeah, you would think, you know, that it's such a sacred monk that gives you this. I had to bring him like an offering to do. He has to accept you, so I had to pay a bunch of people to like meet this monk, have them vouch for me, get this meeting with him, and I had to bring him stuff. And so, like, they don't carry money. And so, what I brought him was like, a, they gave me this stuff to bring to him. And I look at it, and it's a bunch of weed. I was like. What is this real? <laughs> you know, I was like, I first that. I was like, well, what's what's prison sentence in Thailand for you know like an ounce of marijuana <laughs> for a white like, guy of carrying a bunch yeah. of weed too? By the way, <laughs> yeah, they'd probably kill you. Who knows? You know. And so then I was like, and what is a monk doing smoking weed? You know, this is allegedly. I don't know that the monk smoked this weed. This is allegedly. I didn't see him do it, dude. You know how hard I, it is to live in solitude and and, and yeah. to be that peaceful without being high. I mean, come on. It's exactly. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I was, I was happy to give it to him, man. Yeah. <laughs> some, some pre-rolled joints. It was like, you know, quite a few of them. I can, I can give you a picture too of it. Yeah, dude, uh, do that. It's funny that yeah. there's like payola to get even to like the sacred monk. There's like all this, this, these oh, loopholes, yeah. you know, like they don't want money, but they'll let you buy that. That has people will buy him stuff. Exactly. Just, just like when in, in Japan at Pachenko, it's you like can't gamble there, but you can go next door to Pachenko and pay your, yep. get your chips and then go exchange those for money. It's like, come on, just come on. That's exactly it. You know, it's like, yeah, you're not giving the monk money. You're just giving them like a bunch of stuff. And I did give him some money too, but he used it like to trade. 
That's what they said. That's, like, what all, well, that's, what money, yeah. that's what all money that's is. What, that is what money is. You you literally trade it for stuff, you know, and it's like, so it's not money for him. He's not saving it. He's just using it to like bargain and trade with. I was like, oh, he's spending it. That's what yeah, spending oh, money. Oh, okay. You're spending money. Oh, you don't, oh, you don't <laughs> yeah. make, you just spend. Okay. I see. All right. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, so monks are, you know, they're, they're they got a little naughty too. A little naughty Hustlers. side to them also. Yeah. But uh, they, they, he accepted me to, once they give you the tattoo, they accept you to be like a, a little protege of them. And I could become a Buddhist monk with him. I could learn under him. I could live there and I can come back every year and get tattooed from him. One's enough though, man. I'm, I'm done with it. Like it was, uh, I have one tattoo on my side here. It took about four and a half hours. This took 25 minutes and it hurt 10 times more. Like oh, yeah. it just the whole experience just condensed into one little burst of, Oh gosh, like I felt like burst. such a, such a yeah. wimp. I was like screaming and like, they have two guys run up to you and hold you down because like it needs to be flat. And the monk goes in like a, uh, a trance. He's just going, he doesn't draw it out or nothing. So at one point he was just like, all right, turn around basically. And I turned around and he just started going at it. It was like, Oh God, it, it's happening. You know, like, Ooh, God. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see this episode. That sounds incredible. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the footage too. Okay. So yeah. you know what else sounds incredible is an entire series of you, Edgar, becoming a buddhist monk for a year or something yeah. I, although if you do it with the intentions know. of selling it as a documentary it might not jot it might not pass the smell test oh man yeah it'd be uh it'd be a lot i, I don't know i don't know if i could do it yeah I, I i'd need a lot of weed and a lot of alcohol or something you know yeah because you're it's pretty cool though i mean i have a lot of respect for them and i got everyone in thailand at some point of their life is like a, a monk you know but uh another interesting thing about that tattoo is women can't get it because monk cannot touch women you know mm. and even if like a, a woman brushes up against a monk and like a bus they have to do a huge sacred thing to like get that temptation away and like spend their basically spend the whole day like uh Man. getting rid of that whatever Jeez, yeah. i mean yeah it's a big process yeah i guess so there, there you were talking about the, a monk in maybe it wasn't a monk. where were you where there was that little tiny shed like on top of a mountain a little house up there and you said that a guy comes down Oh yeah, that was Georgia. Twice. Was that Georgia? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That would have been cool yep. if you would have. I know you said you had the opportunity to meet him, but you had like other plans that day. You couldn't do it. But. <sighs> yeah, I really wanted to, man. I just wanted to see who he was. You know, I'm like, hey, I've heard about you. You know, thank you. You know, you have this like I mean, picture in your head, but it's some guy with like yeah. a like a Randy Savage T-shirt and like Oakleys and like a mullet. You know, how funny would that be? Yes, just living up there, just chilling, chilling. What's on up, the top man? You watch the new uh, season of Narcos, or? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And he comes down, you know, people bring him food. He comes down and what he does is you hear in the episode, he, he kind of mentors uh, troubled youth, you know? So if someone's not doing so good or anything, it's like, Hey, talk to the old man, you know, up there. Yeah. yeah. He's like the so wisdom like, keeper. Yeah, exactly. But does something positive. So, so with, so with that, let's talk about your, your, you made the comment in, in one of the, in episode three, I think, or episode two about meeting people in hostels and you, you do kind of a quick download well, these people that are, you're very, it's very much a passing relationship. Of course, now with social media, yeah. you may have an opportunity to keep in touch with them, but that's not really the point. It's more about you're living there for, with that person for the day. You're transferring yes. each other's knowledge, downloading and uploading accordingly, and then you go your separate ways. Talk about the spiritual impact on that and kind of how that restored your faith in humanity, if you will. You, you explain that very well, because that's exactly what it is. 
you know, you're going in these, and that's a fun part about hostels too, you know, and you're meeting some of the most interesting people that have done incredible things. People that are you also know, willing it's, to go travel too, without really having a bunch of plans. That's that there's something yeah, that's a exactly. certain qualifier already. That makes me cool. Kevin. It really yeah. is. You know, so you'll meet a certain type of person that's willing to put themselves in this position. That's just like, all right, let's go. You yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So you meet some of the coolest people and, uh, that's, that's definitely like you said, it's, it's a knowledge transfer, you know, and it is a passing relationship that, you know, we talk to each other and it's like, all right, you know, where are you coming from? Where'd you go? And then you learn on like, what's the best way to do things. You learn how not to get ripped off. You learn, you know, what should you do, what you shouldn't do, yeah. what some cool things to do, you know, better ideas. And then we just kind of like talk about experiences because everyone you meet in the hostel, they're doing the same thing you've done. And it's, it's, they're way more interesting than me. What I should make most of the show on is, is people I meet, you know, I've met so many cool people that have done just incredible unbelievable things you know and it's uh it's really interesting like you say you know it's a passing relationship so you spend you know 24 or 48 hours you have the best time of your life with these people and it's like goodbye Friendly, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly although i i have met up with uh, a lot of people um you know i would think it would just be a passing relationship but i i do keep in touch with quite a bit oh yeah lot, it's easier you know? to do that now yeah you actually can especially yeah. now you know yeah. i back like five eight years ago not as much but now it's like yeah and it's so it's so simple, especially with social media and everything. It's like you know, hit some people up, and it's like, hey, I'm I'm headed to Egypt next week. You know, want to join? And then they'll be like, yep, I'll see you there. You know, yeah, <laughs> all right, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's it's special though, and uh, I, I I think people would love that. And it's you know, people from all shapes, sizes, different styles of life. But uh, I think if you travel too, you, you're open. You're open, and you're open to adjusting. You know, and not kind of stuck in your way, and so. Yeah, definitely. You learn a lot from each other and it's, uh, it's, it's cool. So it's my favorite part of traveling. I think. Yeah. I think that's so cool. So I think the, here's the moneymaker question. All right. You got to the point where you were, you kind of saw you, you were a cybersecurity executive. Uh, yes. That's a, that's a high stress, uh, high reward, high stress, but sterile exactly. job, I guess. You know I mean? Yes. Like it's, you know, you're, it's controlled environment, although you're dealing with chaos and whatnot, but you decided you had enough of that. You, you, you kind of, you, you woke, you woke up basically. It's maybe, yes. you know, so, so the question <laughs> the question is now that you've experienced a year and a half, basically of solid travel, mm -hmm. uh, you lost your grandfather in there. Unfortunately, he's a close guy with you, but now you, that gave you the opportunity to go reconnect again in Malta, yeah. which is beautiful. Uh, you're there now. The question is, did that, whatever that itch was that, that came up, did you scratch it or, or, what's the plan are you do you see yourself in the, in the executive corner office again someday oh man i don't know i scratched it but it itches still you know and it's, it itches uh, more now right it, it does it does and it, i think it depends on, on how, well, how well it does throughout the film fest circuit and uh you know if people do like it and it's uh it's worth doing then yeah definitely it'd be like my dream to keep doing this and i i think uh you know i've got a lot of great feedback and um i love just sharing the experiences and, and you know other people's experiences and kind of what's out there, give a, a different view of it. So I, I definitely plan on uh, keeping it going, but could I see myself going back to corporate America? I feel horrible saying this and selling out, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because you, I you think understand you know, that there's, there's a possibility. Time. Yeah. That might be required, but, but it may look different though. Maybe, maybe it's you and corporate America slinging your documentary though, or something, you know, yes, yeah. that, that, that yeah, element exactly. of, of your background is still going to make you very valuable now, even if you were to go this creative route. Um, yeah. Thank you. So I, I think I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't continue to do it. I think you, you talked about it a little bit, how you don't really have any credibility on this first set. 
You know, so you, yeah. you know, you you walk into a place and you try to get an interview. It's not going to be the same as if uh, Anthony Bourdain, R.I.P. Did of course it or not. Yeah. But yeah. Now, now that you have this on film, if you will, you know, that's that's just you're going to continue to exactly. grow it. Um, to be honest with It'd you, be so much easier, I think, too, you know, because there's very skeptical. It's like, you know, who's this little ball guy that wants to show a camera in my face? Right. I have zero credibility, you know, right. but yes. Yeah, just showing it on there. That's that's a huge that's a huge first step. So and, and of course, it's doing well in the festivals. I'm not surprised. Uh, just you. like you, just like you appreciate the knowledge transfer that happens when you meet a stranger in, in a foreign country. That's very much how this feels, you know, and that's what yeah. I liked about it. That's really what ultimately what the show felt like to me was you learned a bunch of stuff because of your travel. It's not that you did a thesis yeah. or that you went into some giant research project, but you learned enough about it to be dangerous. And you transferred yeah. that around you, you, in each episode. I noticed you made a point to talk about a specific app a cell phone app that would help uh, travel new, you know, new travelers. I think that's a really cool, yeah. you're sharing your knowledge. You're giving it away for free. Essentially. Uh, we appreciate it. People watch it. Let, let Edgar know uh, what you think and dude, best of luck, man. And by the way, I have a full sound studio here. If you ever need like support audio wise, I'm happy to support it for just on the house because of uh, your willingness awesome. to come on the show. Thank so, you so much, man. Yeah, I man. really enjoyed talking to you too. And I think you explained that so well too. I, uh, I really appreciate everything and, Appreciate you having me on the show. Anything I can do to help, uh, how about you too? Man, oh yeah, dude, let's yeah. When when you're in town next time, you're in uh, back in Michigan. I'll make sure we'll, let's try to hook up. And I'll in America, maybe studio. like two years or something. Huh? Yeah, hey, who knows? Back in. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? By then, you're gonna dude, be all mother, tatted. You're gonna have all these face tattoos by then. When I left, my mother was like, month. "Well, I'll see you in two years, huh?" I was like, "What do you mean? Like they're not gonna let you back in?" I was like, "You might be right." Yeah, <laughs> no, it sounded like, like a might. joke at first, but now it's like, Ooh. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know, maybe not. Yes, but yeah, dude, definitely, man. Edgar, dude, what a, what a blast, man. I had such a good time. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the kind words. Keep it rolling, dude. It's inspiring. I, I see good things for you, dude. It's awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you so much. And I love your show, too. And I, I really love how, how the platform you have here and uh, how thank comfortable you. you make people feel. And, good. you know, well, thank appreciate you, everything. I appreciate it, man. Peace out. Yep. I'll see you. That is going to do it for this week's episode. 82 of these bad boys in the books. Thank you so much, Edgar, for coming on. Thanks for sharing your stories. People, go check it out. It's in the show notes. It's free if you're a Prime member. And hey, if you're not a Prime member, well, why not? And B, join up for a lot of reasons, including getting worldly. Peace out, y'all. Yeah, it's been a minute, but I'm back in it. Uh, y'all ain't dealing with the same ball. No. Got a little trippy, then the transition. Yeah. New attitude mixed with the pure raw. Uh, the night game, your girl call. She like, do me, baby, down to get busy, busy. Yes. No dice, chill with it. No. In life, feeling dizzy. Oh, having visits to the city, and I go to war. See me in the day through the late night. Aye. Tell him it's the charm of a freeze mode. To the gods, can't stop a hero when he in flight. Swimming in the light, right? Go and get you some, go and show him something. It's a new thing. Yeah, let my nuts hang. Yeah. Knock a top off like LeBron or Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Oh, lift off. Can't stop a nigga grow, better get gone, move along. Uh. You don't wanna trip, wanna get it on. Uh. You don't wanna act, don't get me wrong. Uh. They don't listen to the words in the song. Uh-huh. We ain't gotta tell them, we just getting ready. Yeah. See him front, we ain't kidding. If you want it, you can get it. Members of the rage, come and get this arm. Next steps of the jet from the lean back. Run around the world and we ain't packed. And I'm boom, boom, let them stop. Oh, you seen that? Chillin' with the team at. See a black band's pull up with some drums, yeah, I need that. So crazy, can't believe it. No cams, damn, no filming at all. Real nigga facts. Come on. Years ago, 
Rehab, all good, help me figure out another plan It got bad, so bad, nah, I ain't fucking love that man Then I hopped out in the new zone with my Louis bag Two story, take you through the dark and the light Got sun, got through, new Crack up in the world, it's a day in the life Hit the blunt and get it Raise bars, same song, we did it Hot sauce poured on all jams, it's carry on Smoke strong, get your mama down with it Come on. And the game fucking needed something dirty raw Tell them it's the law and we read it so if it's God you believe in, bob your head and just nod in agreement. Yeah, they say time's undefeated. I'ma be the first one who can beat it. I had hoop dreams, now I shoot threes. Got a little green, but I don't do weed. No perp nor lean. That's Tunchi, that's Norleans. Fuck Drew Brees, Snoop Deal double. That's two G's. Probably spin on paper. Who we? Since Tuesday, probably killed a few trees. But the only ones I smoke are the loose leaf. Not high, but I'm your highness. And secretly, you're my dick. But you haters, a butt hurt. Bunch of sore hind ends. I was just a poor white kid. Now if rap was speedball, I'd be Jordan like bitch. You wish you could score like this. Yeah, not even at half court I'd miss. I'm mouthwash. Cause if I was on the floor, I'd swish. But I cannot lie. I got you in my top five. Worst rappers of all time. I lost my spot, y'all got all time. King of rap, nah. Their words, not mine. King of swear words and not lying. You should never compare yours. A toll free number. Only way you'll ever have a hotline. Fuck's going on, man? Bunch of half bits in office. Half of us walking around like a zombie apocalypse. Other half are just pissed off and don't wanna wear a mask and they're just scoffing. And that's how you end up catching the shit off them. I just use the same basket as you shopping. Now I'm in a fucking casket from you coughing. Always stay ahead of haters, let them hate, but never let a traitor penetrate your circle. Separate yourself from those who try to pull you down. The real ones never straight, sorta like Medusa. That's how you stay ahead of snakes. MCs pull out gats, I don't give a fuck how strapped. You're gonna outrap me, I doubt that. Please, bitch, I'm a house rat. These raps about that cheese like mouse traps. Earthlings, I adapt to them. Certain things I don't wanna do but have to in order just to act human, like using a bathroom and vacuuming. Yeah, rapping in the booth in a triple fat goose hazmat suit, bubble wrap and a mask to I don't think that's what they meant by trap music. Running through ink like I'm tattooing. This is music to be murdered by your love. Turn the volume up. I am fired up like a blunt. Red as long like an Italian tub. I am drugs. That is probably why your opinion of me's high as fuck. And it's non-stop fury Cause I ain't holding them up like an armed robbery God's my jury, so when I die I'm not worried Prayers to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery How the fuck is it that so many cops are dirty? Stop man please, officer, I'm sorry But I can't breathe when I got you on top of me Your goddamn knees are my carotid artery The Avengers of Moon Man and Slim Yes, who wanted with them? The trilogy continues Seven niggas, yes, see what's on the menu Autumn panic, hot damn it. Let's get it, baby. Hope you fuckers understand it. The real for you niggas. Come and get these scriptures. Yeah. Rap God. Oh. Rage.